Macworld Podcast, number 35, Special Edition, April 5th, 2006. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Macworld Podcast. I'm your host, Sarus Faravar. You've probably already seen uh, Macworld Podcast number 34 up on our website, and uh, you're probably wondering why would we release two podcasts in the same day. Well, in addition to placate those of you out there who are asking for more frequent podcasts, I'm happy to announce that there is now a new Apple official way to install Windows on your Mac. That's right. If you go to uh, Apple's website and you look for the link to Boot Camp, uh, you'll see that Apple has just today released a brand new public beta of a program that will allow you very easily to dual boot on your on your Intel Mac into Windows and Mac OS X. We just reported a couple of weeks ago that it was possible to install Windows XP to a Mac. This involved, of course, some crazy hacking, and it was very complicated, and uh, some of our, our staffers here at Macworld did try it, but it is quite involved. But this uh, in true Apple fashion, really streamlines the process, makes it really simple, and uh, you know it's just really amazing that Apple has now gone whole hog on this and made it really simple for mere mortals to uh, achieve installing Windows on the Mac. So if you want to install Windows, again, on your Intel Mac only, you have to go to Apple's website, download the Bootcamp program, and there's lots of uh, instructions there. You need a blank CD. You need uh, a printer to print out some instructions. Of course, you also need a copy of Windows. You probably want to run down to your local electronics store and buy a copy of Windows XP and, uh, you know, keep it with you. Remember, this is you're going to be using the full install and not the upgrade. So we'll have all of the details, uh, all about that, on our website, Macworld.com, if you want to do it. Uh, of course, on Apple's website, Apple.com. But primarily what we're going to focus on the podcast today is we're going to talk to uh, one of our own uh, intrepid editors, Macworld senior editor, Rob Griffiths, who installed Boot Camp this morning, and uh, he will tell us about his experience and how it compared to his previous experience of installing uh, Windows XP using the hack that was published uh, just a few weeks ago. So now we're going to cut to an interview that I did with Rob Griffiths talking about the new program, Apple Boot Camp. Rob Griffiths, thank you for uh, returning on such short notice to the Macworld podcast. We do appreciate it. No problem. So I understand you've been selected as one of the lucky few uh, here at Macworld to try out this boot camp program. Tell us about your experience with it so far. Uh, so far, it's been amazingly simple. It's, uh, it has all the hallmarks of a traditional Apple program. I mean, it, it's very well documented. The steps are very clear. Uh, you can install Windows XP without uh, reformatting your hard drive, so you don't lose anything. You can get rid of XP by doing sort of the same thing in reverse, and you won't lose anything. And probably the uh, the biggest difference of all, and, and the probably the most amazing difference, is that um, Apple has created a CD that you burn that contains all the drivers you need for XP, including native video drivers. So you basically run the uh, you run this little partitioning app that sets aside some space for XP. And then you uh, run the Windows XP installer after a reboot. And then when that's done, you run the little uh, installation program on the Macintosh driver CD you created. And after a final reboot, you've got a fully functional Windows XP system, including native video. So this whole situation that people were talking about after uh, the hacking the, the Intel Mac to make it work, 
uh, all of that is sort of moot now with these questions of drivers because Apple has now released them all. Yeah, it, uh, in fact, there's a little comment up on the On Mac Projects website today that kind of says, hey, Boot Camp's out, it's really cool. Hmm, this really kind of competes directly with our project, doesn't it? Um, because it's, it, and having done both, um, and even as a sort of relatively technical user, uh, there's no doubt that Apple's Boot Camp solution is something that almost anybody could do um, with, with not much trouble at all. So, Rob, how would you compare your experience of going through that whole rigmarole of using the hack and changing the, the bootloader and all of that stuff to the boot camp program? Um, well, if I, I can't remember what number I put on it, but I think the, if I were to rate the difficulty of the uh, on-Mac kind of hacky solution on a scale of 1 to 10, it, it was probably about a, I don't know, 9, 8.5 or 9, and it required uh, access to a Windows PC with a burner on it. I would probably put the on Mac solution at a one or a two. Um, it really is just almost a typical Apple point and click, uh, double click, and follow directions, and you're done. The uh, the only things I've run into so far that are a little bit tricky have to deal with um, using my a Bluetooth mouse has been a little bit um, difficult to get working um, consistently. It'll come up sometimes, and other times it won't. But my Bluetooth keyboard is working fine. Um, audio is working great uh, out the speaker in the mini, but the it looks like the headphone jack is still outputting uh, optical. So I tried plugging in a pair of headphones and I couldn't get anything. Uh, if I had an optical uh, mini to optical cable, I could probably then connect it to the stereo and it'd work just fine. But I can't make a pair of headphones work at the moment. But other than that, I mean, the native video drivers are incredible. You can run, you know, DirectX and 3D games. And I was playing back high def content in both Windows Media Player and QuickTime Player, and they played smoothly with no dropped frames or glitches, and the audio sounded great. So that's quite a change from uh, when I was trying that with the non-native drivers. I couldn't run the 720 progressive uh, Windows Media. It was dropping frames left and right. So with the native drivers for the video installed, it plays perfectly. And then uh, obviously, and probably of interest to a number of people, is uh, the fact that you can now run games that require DirectX because uh, that's installed and it works and it's functional. So I haven't had a lot of time to test it yet, but I did install the Tiger Woods 2006 and the game seems to play great at 1280 by 1024 with uh, really good frame rates and it's smooth and very playable. Sounds really good. Um, what about things like networking? Like have you been able to do other Macs on your network see the Windows drive? Um, yeah, I haven't actually tried going that direction yet, but um, the Windows machine sees my my dual G5's um, shared home directory um, right away. I basically just had entered the IP address and my uh, username, and I was able to connect to my G5's share. So that works fine. It uh, connects to my wireless network um, just fine. It sees my networked printer just fine. So, you know, it's, it's like in, in that sense, it's like the on Mac project. Once you actually get everything running, you're running a native version of XP. So if you're trying something that'll work on XP, it'll work on a mini or an iMac uh, or a MacBook Pro running XP. How long does this whole process take from the time that you download uh, Boot Camp to the time that you've got XP up and running? Well, I was doing it this morning, actually, while I was posting hints on the on the G5 machine. And I think the entire process from start to finish took about 40 minutes. And, you know, that's giving time to go back and forth between the two. But that includes an 83 megabyte download and burning the CD of drivers, which took a few minutes, and then most of that time is just stepping through the, the Windows XP installer. Um, it was, you know, in contrast to my previous experience, it was uh, a joy and very, very simple. And as, as somebody emailed me, he said, geez, I bet you wish this would have come out about a month ago. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And by contrast, your other experience took you a couple of hours at least. Oh, no, my other experience took me the very first time, if you include everything and include all the screw-ups that I made and the fact that I had to upgrade my PC to get everything done, it probably took about 8 to 10 hours total. 
spread over three days. Uh, and even after I'd done it three or four times, I'd, I think I got it down to about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes uh, to, to do a full installation um, the time I did it, by the time I did it for the fourth or fifth time. But this is, I mean, it, it really looks and feels like an Apple software program. You run a little, uh, you run the boot camp installer, and there's a little uh, visual icon for how large of a hard drive do you want to create for Windows XP. You drag out how much space you want, and uh, on the fly it creates a partition, and then you just insert your Windows XP drive and reboot, and uh, there's a little bootloader like there is with the on Mac project, and you point it to the Windows disk and hit go, and you're off and running. Now, I imagine also you could set up, if you're using, uh, uh, say, the Mac Mini, you could hook up an external drive and use that as your boot instead of a partition. I imagine it would work the same way. No, I think it needs, um, because it's a bootloader that runs at boot time, I think it has to be on the boot drive of the machine. So you have to create a partition on the on the boot disk. But Obviously, once you've done that, you could easily attach an external storage device to use to store all your Windows files and games and programs and whatnot. Uh, there's no reason those would have to also be on your boot drive. But I think Windows XP itself does have to reside on the boot disk. I haven't read anything that says contrary to that. And because of the way the bootloader works, um, I think it would have to be on the boot disk. But I, I might be wrong. Who do you think would find a program like Bootcamp most useful? Do you think that this is something that you know, every Windows user out there is now going to go rush out and buy an Intel Mac, or is this for people who just need it for the occasional use, or who do you see as the audience for something like this? Um, I think there's probably two different groups of people. There's there's a group of fence sitters who've thought, you know, geez, OS X looks interesting, but I've got all this software and hardware that's Windows, and I don't know, I don't want to have to replace it. I'm not sure how well OS X is going to do all the things I want it to do, and oh, by the way, I've got all these great games that don't even exist on the Mac, so I'm not going to buy a Mac. Well, those people now have a reason. They can go out and purchase a Mac, and they can run all the stuff they already have, and they can play the games they can't get on the Mac, and they can easily reboot into OS X and start looking at the things that, that drove us to the platform when we made our Switch originally. You know, whether that's iDVD or iPhoto or just the whole user experience or, you know, some other application. Um, the fact that they can get to it with a simple reboot and that it's now officially supported, if you will, by Apple. Uh, you know, everything other than Windows is basically what they'll give you. You know, that's a very painless way to try it. And the other group of people, obviously, are those that potentially, you know, maybe have a, a Mac at home and they're forced to work on a PC in the office because they have projects and software that's Windows only. They now have a, a valid reason to tell information systems they'd like to purchase a Mac because it can run XP. And then most of their day, they could spend an OS ten, you know, being productive and doing what they do and just reboot into XP when they need to do that occasional thing. But but what I don't think it will attract, as of yet anyway, is, uh, you know, those people that go out and build their own PCs from scratch um, still won't find the Mac hardware to be price competitive with what they can do from scratch. And, you know, clearly not as powerful as a machine with dual video cards and a huge tower with room for 14 drive bays and all that kind of stuff. But for those people that uh, are just essentially users of computing gear, I really think this gives them, a, a, you know, no reason to say no to Mac, Um because they can run either operating system at native speed with native hardware and software support. Well, this sounds like a win-win for everyone. Yeah, the the only you know long-term concern might be that um, if you're a software developer, you can now tell your customers, well, I don't really need to do an OS 10 version because you'll be able to reboot into Windows to run this on your Mac. Um, you know, and I, I don't foresee that happening, but I, I think it's clearly is something that may have to be addressed down the line. Is why would someone spend the time and effort to release an OS X version of a program if with two mouse clicks and a reboot, uh, anybody who wants to could run in XP and run their code? 
uh, you know, I, I think that's a potential danger zone for us as we look ahead. Well, that's something that we'll keep in mind. But thank you again, Ro- Rob Griffiths, for uh, taking the time to not only be on the podcast, but willing to uh, sacrifice at least part of your Mac to uh, Windows XP. No problem. All right. Well, thanks again. We look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, have a good day. Well, that about wraps up our show, show number 35. This is just going to be a little quick and dirty podcast for you out there. Um, Again, I do appreciate everybody who's been writing in. I got an email this morning from Sri Lanka, uh, from Mohan. So, Mohan, greetings out there to all of our Mac users in Sri Lanka. And again, if you want to email me, uh, please do. My email address is cfaravar at macworld.com. Please do leave a comment on the bottom of the show notes. Please do check out all the stuff that we have available for you at macworld.com. And also um, check out our, our new Mac user blog available at macuser.com where myself and a few others are blogging about all things Mac uh, that are happening out there. One last thing, just make sure and add your name to the uh, Frapper map. This is linked up in the show notes. Uh, it's just basically a big map of the world and you just stick a little digital push pin in there and tell us where you are and just... Uh, Just something interesting to keep the community lively. Well, that about wraps it up for me. Uh, We're going to be having, of course, our next podcast in two weeks, or if Apple announces uh, something else between now and then, uh, you'll be hearing from me again soon. Signing off from San Francisco, this is Saru Swaravar for the Macworld Podcast. Podcast.